As Earth Keepers, we hold wisdom about our planet within our bodies learned through lifetimes of experience on Earth and throughout the cosmos. I'm Amy Dempster, a shamanic practitioner and your host for the Earth Keepers podcast, and I'm on a journey to reconnect with my soul family, the other Earth Keepers, grid workers, portal tenders, land stewards, and nature lovers around the world. On this podcast, you won't find gurus or dogma, just a safe space where I share personal stories from my spiritual journey. Welcome back to the Earth Keepers podcast. This season, I'm welcoming a series of thought-provoking guests to the show to discuss where exactly humanity is headed and how we can collectively create the future we'd like to see. We began the season by discussing ideas around creativity, storytelling, songwriting, and myth to begin to imagine new realities here on Earth. Now you're hearing from guests who are creatively working with sound, crystals, light, animals, and sacred geometry to help us remember how our reality here on Earth actually works and how we can creatively bring some of this ancient future technology into our daily lives. It's my deep hope that these conversations will stir something within you, or perhaps light a spark in your imagination for what you might be able to bring forward from the depths of your imagination into this reality. I think it's going to take all of our ideas, visions, and inspired action to arrive at this unknown future timeline. So my hope is that this season inspires you to bring out a bit of your own magic into the world to help usher in what's next for us all. Before we get into this week's episode, if you're feeling inspired to go deeper and want to support the work it takes to bring this podcast to life, I'd love to have you join me in the Earth Tenders Academy. The Earth Tenders Academy is my online course and community where you can learn more about the history and energy of the community that you live in, hold space for the healing of humanity and nature, remember more about your specific gifts and role with the earth, and see the true magic held in your everyday environment. I invite you to step into this portal with me and hundreds of other Earth Tenders from around the world. Tap the link in the show notes to learn more about the Earth Tenders Academy and join us in this beautiful community. And now on with the show. Have you ever had a dog, cat, or horse in your life that you knew on a much deeper level, as if your souls had been together many, many lifetimes before? Had you ever considered that some of these lifetimes you lived together were not on Earth? I mean, I knew my cat Dixie was quite the little cosmic being, and she's told me on multiple occasions not to address her as a cat, because she's not a cat. But it hadn't occurred to me what kind of being she was, or where in the universe her soul may have originated. That is until I connected with Dr. Tracy Rainwaters, a human and animal chiropractor and shamanic healer. Through her healing work with animals, and particularly cats, they began showing her their cosmic origins and the lives they lived on planets other than Earth. She channels this information for both humans and animals and can tap into the specific cosmic relationship between you and your animals. Obviously, I was super interested in chatting with her for the podcast, but when she also suggested a reading for myself and my cat, who's not really a cat, I was so excited to learn more. 
So I'm going to keep this intro short so you can hear not just our discussion, but also some bits and pieces of the reading and get a feel for the kind of soul connections we really have with these little furry creatures we share our homes with. If you want to hear the reading in its entirety, I'll post it on my YouTube channel. You can find the link in the show notes. I think it will totally shift your perspective on how involved our animals are in the growth of humanity and the health and well-being of our planet. So to kick things off, here is Tracy's conversation with Dixie about where in the universe she's been and how it relates to what we're doing here in Montana in this lifetime. But she's really coming forward with Orion. Like, why is Orion so important? Um, And she's saying, um, so when we look at Orion as a constellation point in the universe or in the galaxy, we could say that there's um, great importance for humanity at this point to understand the tragedies that happened in Orion and the mistakes that were made um, and why it is so imperative that um, beings like Dixie, and she's saying, I am a being, I am not a cat. Um, The cat is merely this fluffy, furry, cute suit that I am wearing to encapsulate all that I am. But she's saying, um, and really pointing to this deep divine anchor. Um, And she's saying it's no accident that we ended up in Montana in that there is a resurgence of human spirituality and of human consciousness that is taking place in areas, um, not only on the planet, but in this country. And she's saying uh, lesser known states, we could point to five to 10 years ago, um, you know, people wanting to live in a place like Montana, Idaho, Wyoming, um, would have been seen as, uh, we could say, less than. It would have been less desirable than other areas, but she's saying there's a great emergence and a resurgence of authentic capital S spirituality on the planet. And it is so important um, that these cosmic and these divine energies be anchored in a place where they can be deeply supported by the land. So she's really pointing to, um, it is no accident that she is this great cosmic being who watched Orion literally implode. Uh, We could say um, all that Orion was, we could say that whole solar system, star system, uh, much of it was destroyed on behalf or at the hands of the beings that inhabited it. And she's saying Earth has really been in a choice point of um, do we allow humans? And when she speaks of Earth, she's speaking of the consciousness of Mother Earth and all that Mother Earth is. Um, There was also a choice point of do we allow humanity to literally implode? Um, Now, the spirit of Earth never, um, she who we could say the sacred feminine that she holds or beholds um, never had any intention of actually being obliterated or destroyed, but there was absolutely a choice point for humanity to proceed um, or to be stopped. And so Dixie's coming forward. She's saying, why is it important that I'm here and beings like me are here right now? Um, and she's pointing to there is this cosmic emergence, this cosmic opening that's beginning to happen onto the planet where the hearts and the minds and the intelligences of all humans are being open to we are so much more. And if we are to save ourselves, which she's saying we already have, um, we have already crossed a threshold that we could say that all actually will be well. It's just a matter of how bumpy will the ride be from here to there. So um, she's saying that I, you know, as a being um, watched and uh, she's I don't know how to say this. She's pointing to master and commander. So we could say that Dixie as a soul, when she, uh, she just makes me smile. She was like, you know, when I was on Orion, um, she really worked on behalf of all that was good. 
And she said she worked very hard and she was in a more humanoid type body. So she has not always been in the body of a cat, but she said that she worked very hard um, to save uh, the beings who were working on behalf of the divine light um, on the planet. But she said, you know, there were um, darker forces at play. Uh, We could say it was a bit of a galactic battle and so much was destroyed. So she's saying it's so important for her. She's anchoring the heart and the purity of truth. Um, of divine cosmic light and helping, um, literally, she is like a way shower um, for humanity and for all of the animals actually um, on the land that you inhabit. So we could say that she is a cosmic anchor, not only for you, Amy, um, and for your husband, for all that, uh, but for all who come onto your land and all that you are creating on your land. And she's saying um, she does work a little behind the scenes in creating this coherence um, on your property that is felt through your podcasting, through your social media, um, and through um, any other YouTube media channels um, that you wish to provide. So we could say, she's saying I'm a bit of a transducer. So um, she pulls this deep cosmic wisdom, this cosmic knowledge, this deep cosmic uh, remembrance, uh, not only for herself, but for you, Amy, and it is being anchored through the earth. And she's really illuminating to you. Um, and it's so interesting. She's showing me your feet, um, and you walking on the earth. And I see this image of your feet and they transform into Bigfoot feet. (laughs) Um, and I know you've spoken a lot about working with your Bigfoot guides, but she's saying, um, you anchor this beautiful, deep, rich wisdom here on earth. So never um, undervalue all that you are and all that you are currently doing. And she's saying she's showing me you with um, the Bigfoot feet, because as you walk barefoot on the earth, there is big energy that is transmitted and run through your being, through your body, down into the earth. And there's this beautiful reciprocal um, relationship between you and the earth that um so this image i get of you amy is uh we could say there's this very divine energy that comes through um your crown chakra is run through your feet down into the earth um you have like this alchemy with the spirit of mother earth and then it comes back up and out of you and it um, is moved through your voice and transmitted to others so amy we could also say that you too are a transducer or a transmitter for divine and cosmic truth Well, welcome, Tracy, to the Earth Keepers podcast. So happy to have you here today and talk all about animal communication, but really so much more. And, you know, I just really wanted to start with, you know, how did this come to you? How did you first realize that the animals were communicating with you? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me on. And yeah, I I would definitely say, you know, animal communication is something that I feel like I sort of fell into, you know, Um, I do remember, you know, my experience of life as a young child, like I felt very connected to animals. And I always had this innate feeling of like, well, of course, they had emotions, like, of course, we could communicate. I mean, to me, there was no separation. Um, But then, of course, I think as happens to most of us, you grow up, um, you know, you're really trained, you know, to see the world a certain way and you're really kind of divorced from your innate ways of being. So for me, when I was actually going through, well, once I started my equine chiropractic practice, which has been kind of the bulk of my work for the last um, 16 years, when I started in my practice, I started having these experiences of I would put my hands on a horse to work on their body. And they would start showing me images of the inside of their body. 
or traumatic events that had happened to them. And then the thing that completely I didn't know what to do with is sometimes they would tell me or show me what was going on with their people. So I really came by it, you know, in this experience of I really had to summon the courage because it just started happening kind of a lot. And I finally, like with um, clients that I felt very safe with, you know, I started telling them like, hey, by any chance, did your horse happen to flip over backwards out of a horse trailer or, you know, whatever the animals were showing me, I would just sort of pose it as this question of like, hey, has this thing ever happened? And I started getting confirmation. So that really helped me personally attune to like, there is some form of communication happening here. And I had intuitives over throughout most of my twenties. I think I had had three or four different intuitives tell me that I was an animal communicator um, like that was kind of the nature of my being. And it was one of those things where I'm like, that sounds great. And I have no idea what you're talking about. I, I just really thought like communicating with an animal would be very much like you and I having a conversation here that I would, you know, hear a voice in my head and it would just be like this very clear, obvious thing. And I think that may actually be true for some people, but um, for me, you know, communicating with animals, it's a full body, full sentience experience. It's images, it's, it's pictures, it's downloads of information. Um, so I would really say it's been, you know, my animal chiropractic career allowed me this beautiful opportunity um, to literally communicate with thousands and thousands of animals and really refine the skill in a way that was um, very innate and very unique me. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, because you've worked with horses so much over your career, your life, I'm sure, mm-hmm. you know, what, what is your feeling for what they're here to contribute to earth and to humanity? Yeah. Um, I think, you know, the beauty of horse, I mean, they really have um, this deep spiritual soul contract with humanity and with the earth to really be here to really assist from my perspective and what they've shown me humanity in our evolution. So I really see horses as the ultimate shamans. Um, They have this really unique, very strong, very powerful energy field. Um, The HeartMath Institute has done a tremendous amount of research around the bioelectric field of horses, um, the amount of energy that comes off the heart space and the impact that that has on humans. And what they found is that energy field extends like 30 feet off of a horse, where typically for humans, it's about three, where we can easily measure that. And what they found is that energy field is so attuned and so powerful. Um, they've really have come to believe that um, horses, you know, have the ability energetically to scan their environment, to feel for predators in their field, but that it's so highly attuned that they can sense those predators and can decipher like if those predators are hunting or if they, if they're fed and if they're just moving through. So I see horses as the ultimate shamans in that I think anyone who's loved horses or or who has been around them um, a fair amount, they really have this beautiful ability to see into the core of our being. Um, They innately naturally reflect back all of the dark, hidden, unseen aspects of ourselves, and will absolutely mirror that back to us, Um, not always in really gentle and beautiful ways but they are the truth seers and the truth feelers. And 
with the work that I've been doing, you know, I found like they have this beautiful ability harmonically to vibrate some of our core wounds and some of the deep things that we hold within ourselves. And they're constantly providing us with these opportunities to shift and transform out of a dysfunctional state or an incoherent state that isn't serving us and really allowing us this opportunity to access higher states of consciousness, um, more vital ways of being. Um, so I do see the horses. They are master healers. They are the master shamans. Um, they are so innately connected to the earth through their hoof structure. Like if we look at the bottom of a horse's hoof, um, it should be concave. And they have all sorts of, you know, crevices and structures in the bottom of the hoof that are designed to feel the vibrations of the earth. So the air is meant to get trapped in between the earth and the hoof, and they can sense the vibrations there. Um, and a lot of the horses have shown me, you know, they have chakras in the hoof, which innately allow them to feel into the earth. Um, and on a spiritual soul context, um, they are so connected to the higher realms. So um, a lot of what I'm seeing, you know, through my sessions and this work is horses have started showing me this idea of, you know, when we meet them in respect and reverence and when they're treated as an equal, so not a beast of burden um, and not here just to serve an ego need, but when we meet them as an equal, it's actually an exquisite experience for them to carry a human on their back. And they say that they naturally connect humans to heaven and earth. Like they really are that conduit of like, they help anchor us into earth energy. And they also allow us to access really deep cosmic, you know, heavenly energy. So for me, I feel like it's forever changed the way that I view them. Um, I used to ride horses competitively and I can't bring myself to do that anymore because I just, everything in my relationship with them has really changed and, you know, being in their presence and sitting on their back now feels like such a sacred act and it's beautiful and it's innately, it's just so transformative. But, um, you know, as I feel like animals are really here to help humans equate and to understand what it is to be equal on the planet and to help us have this experience of equality. Um, and when we can meet them as equals and not less than, I feel like there's just tremendous spiritual and healing gifts and wisdom that we have access to. I mean, they truly become our allies and not just in the spiritual sense of an animal ally, but they really are physical counterparts on this planet, um, helping us do our deeper spiritual and energetic work. That's amazing. I love thinking of them as, as shaman in that way, or even be able, being able to see something maybe deep down inside of us that we haven't recognized or haven't seen. And in that, that mirror, that reflection kind of like bring it up and bring it to the surface for us in, in a way to work with or release or heal in a way that maybe we couldn't have otherwise done. Yeah. Yeah. And I had an experience with one of my horses. Um, I bought him as a three-year-old, so he was still a very young horse and he came from Germany and was just pretty traumatized by the trip over, which I mean, is um, you know, in hindsight, like uh, completely understandable, but, you know, he really took me on this journey into breath and because he really came, um, if anyone knows polyvagal theory, I mean, really in the state of shutdown, um, neurologically, it was like, he was constantly just preparing to die and would constantly just go into freeze mode. And he really took me on this journey of a understanding my own fear, like he was holding fear, but there was very much this beautiful reciprocal thing happening 
between us. It didn't feel beautiful in the moment because he actually, we had some pretty consistent bolting issues and sitting on very large animals, hysterically running for life. is not a fun experience, but it really gave me this beautiful opportunity to look at my own fear. And it wasn't fear around riding. It was all of the deep fear around so many things, not just in this lifetime, but others. And through some of these traumatic events with him, I mean, it allowed me deep access to go in very deeply and work on these deep parts of myself. And the more, what I found is the more I worked on myself and worked through my stuff, like he would automatically transform. And then when we bought our property in 2020, being able to have all of my horses at home and not in a boarding facility, it really allowed me to deep dive into, you know, how much our breath can be a healing an aspect of healing. And he really has taken me on this deep dive of, you know, being connected through the breath, um, being connected to animals through breathing. And that, you know, our breath is this beautiful vehicle for connection, um, not only with ourselves, but all of the beings around us. That's beautiful. I love that. Well, and, and speaking of going on a journey, you've really gone on a journey with the animals in general, uh, as they've started to show you all of these cosmic connections and you've begun to do these readings, which I was honored to receive earlier this week uh, <laughs> with my cat, which was was just so wonderful, but um, really letting the animals share about their cosmic origins and their humans' cosmic origins and perhaps their journeys together. So how did these, uh, how did these readings come to be for you? Um, completely. It, what feels like a complete and utter accident. Um, you know, again, my own personal animals, um, in doing, you know, communications and readings with them, especially the whole, well, actually the cats, like the cats were like the first, uh, beings that really came forward with this understanding or showing me um, as actually one of the kittens, Toots, when we got Toots as a kitten, um, I saw him, I found him on Craigslist, like very randomly. And I saw him like as a whole solar system. Like when I looked at his pic picture, I saw like this whole galaxy. Um, so immediately I was like, well, that's the cat. Like that's the one that <laughs> needs to come live with us. And, um, we've since acquired a brother for him and yeah, these cats like doing journeys, um, a, the cats always want to be in on my healing sessions and the channeling sessions that I do with clients. But, um, the cats really started showing me, you know, what it was like to be a cat and experience seeing and feeling energy, as opposed to just seeing with the eyes, but actually seeing through all of your senses and then I started journeying with the cats and they started showing me like their soul's mission. Like, what were they here to do? And one of them, I mean, he really is like a cosmic scribe is the only way I can describe it. Cause he's kind of my go-to guy. If he was like, well, if you need to know anything about, you know, how the universe works, I kind of send him and it's like, Hey, Bowie, can you go tell us, I need to know about X, Y, and Z. And it's like, he'll go out into the ethers and get the information and come back. Um, and then the other one too, it's like this beautiful healing anchor. So they started taking me on these healing experiences and just talking about, and it was really more like showing me um, different galaxies and different solar systems and how they've danced around the universe. Um, and, and then the horses, it was about nine months to a year later. Um, I have a young horse that I bought as a foal and she started, you know, when I would do sessions with her talking about how we had been together, like in the Pleiades is like where our souls met. 
in that she hadn't been on planet Earth in a really long time. And we had, it was like during the time of Atlantis, like we had really come, you know, and embodied together um, to try and help rectify what was going on and to save, um, to prevent whatever downfall was going on there. So that completely blew my mind. And yet, when I look at how in this incarnation, how she's experiencing earth, when I look at like that energetic template and some of the woundings that she's carried from that, um, it's like all of these puzzle pieces kind of came together and it allowed me an opportunity to support her in this lifetime um, beyond, you know, kind of knowing more of her background. Um, but yeah, it just got me curious with my clients, like doing the shamanic healings and readings. And I, do what I call soul channelings, where I just channel information from the soul, like the humans and the animals just started showing me like how they have danced across the cosmos, like where did their soul originate? And, you know, the different planetary systems and constellations that they've been in and how they've picked up all of these experiences and wisdom. And now they're bringing them into their physical incarnation now to help anchor, you know, healing energy on the earth or to bring wisdom and gifts from those other experiences into our current lifetime and our current experiences. So it's completely stretched me in new ways. Like I never in a million years saw this coming in my career, but it's been, I think some of the most soul rewarding, um, life fulfilling work that I've ever done. And as sort of large and just, I guess, cosmic, truly, it's like the only word I can think of as big as this information seems, I've never had it not resonate deeply with the humans receiving it. Like there always seems to be something that it relates somehow into their life now that really gives them some wisdom and a new way to kind of walk forward um, in this life and in this world. And it's really shown me how our animals really are our allies. Like they really are here to be in partnership with us, to help us create um, not only more fulfilling lives, but more fulfilling relationships with one another and to really bring harmony on the planet. It's so true. And, you know, we talked about that in my reading as well, about how between the cat and myself that we're like harmonizing energies and I'm just wondering is that something that happens with a lot of people I know we all feel that way sometimes right you don't you don't want to be away from your animals for too long or you don't want to and I wonder how much that is really related to feeling that the way that our energies work together to harmonize and it does make us feel calm and settled when we're with them here is a bit of the reading where we talked about this Um, and also like Dixie, uh, pops in as we're talking about this and she's saying, you know, um, part of her energy, there's something that's being like, she holds an anchor, you hold an anchor and they're, um, I would say like, uh, harmonizing, like very, they're very, um, there's a harmonic thing that happens when you and Dixie come together. And she said, she's actually worked with you in spirit form for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, but there's something again about her, like, you know, being in physical form on the earth, that's really important, but there's something about, you know, she's so, um, she's seen this planet destroy itself and it's like, she holds this energetic template. Um, and that's, and she's not just her, there are multiple beings on, on the planet that are holding this template and it's basically a blueprint of what not to do. 
So she's saying um, there's great importance, you know, in her holding that. But I see like, um, I also see this image of like you on a ship and like you've had, so I see like the Andromeda galaxy being like, we could say your soul origination and then, you know, coming into this galaxy. Um, it looks like you've experienced both Lyra and Vega, which are sort of um, in this galaxy, the origination points. So the first two planets um, of beings, the Lyrans, um, typically uh, they walked up on two legs. They were humanoid-ish, but also like if you were to take like a giant cat, uh, but to put them up on two legs. Um, and they, again, um, as we came onto planet Earth, anchored in um, the energy. And a lot of those beings are said to have held Atlantis. So these are divine masculine beings um, that then evolved into Atlantis. But I also see you've spent time uh, with the Vegans. Um, which very deeply spiritual, um, a lot of our Eastern religions and uh, what we would know as spiritual forces on the planet um, come from the Vegans. They were, um, they do hold that divine goddess energy um, and they did come and um, what we would know as Lemuria is a very Vegan um, reality that was brought to planet Earth. So I would say like within your being, you understand the duality of both. You have spent time um, on both with um, both of these galactic beings understanding their ways. Um, I also see you, it's like, you've just been all over the galaxy. I've seen you, you know, in Orion, um, you helped a little bit with the galactic wars that happened there. Um, and just, again, once it became clear that there was nothing that could be done, um, it feels like that's when you begin to help uh, the spirit of mother earth, bring her vision to life. And it really, um, from what I've seen, and from other channelers that um, I have read, it really feels like, you know, Earth is this galactic template for us to really like for all of these galactic beings. Um, we could say that Earth is really this opportunity to get it right, to step out of this duality consciousness, to come back into unity consciousness in a physical plane. And we would say, albeit um, everything looks very messy on planet Earth right now, that there is far more good happening on the spiritual plane than bad. And that humanity, you know, we are, we have made that choice um, actually to prevail. So all is not lost. Yeah, I mean, they really are, I would say covertly, like really working on our behalf. So if we look at, you know, for me, I see like at least the top three domestic animals that I work with would be horses, dogs, and cats. You know, they each hold like a very vibratory signature in their being, like just with their species. So for me, um, cats are also master healers. They are innately um, very galactic in nature. Um, you know, they really, cats can time or travel or journey, um, unlike any other being that I've experienced. So they're connected. They've shown me, you know, to every physical incarnation they've ever had, they, you know, still establish a connection with that. Um, you know, cats, the vibration of their purr is 528 hertz, which is also um, what brings harmony to our brain. So it is a very calming frequency um, to our neurology. But cats are also masters at taking heavy energy from us and transmitting it and turning it into something else. So yes, like having a cat sit on you and purr is a deeply healing, it's like a very sacred healing act. And they are constantly working and attuning our energy all the time. Um, dogs they're you know, when we look at dogs as a species, they're really here to radiate love from the heart of God. 
So they really are to truly partner with humanity. Um, They've got a deep devotion to us and they really are just reflectors and magnifiers of love. Um, And you can see that. I mean, to me, it seems when you look at it from that respect, um, how happy dogs are all the time to see us. I mean, they really are, you know, we call them man's best friend. I mean, they really have this deep heart anchoring connection to bring cosmic love into our beings. And then, you know, the horses to me are also master healers. Um, They are frequency attuners and they are really here to help us heal and to transform and to see the deepest aspects of ourselves. So, yeah, I would say they are very woven into the fabric of our being. Um, And I would say they really are like our counterparts. They are our support system. Um, And they are really here in ways that we don't always realize to help us on our life journey and our life mission and to help us achieve, you know, achieve all of our dreams and our goals and our wishes. Yeah, and it's interesting when you talk about how, or when we think about these incarnations where we have been um, not in the same bodies, right, elsewhere in the cosmos, that you realize for whatever reason, we've decided to come together again, but in these bodies and in this scenario which is very different and I wonder you know do they give you much insight on why they're choosing to incarnate into you know these animal bodies as opposed to being say another human with us right and what I think is so interesting is you know animals when they pick an animal body it's not like in every incarnation they choose that same species so often you know They'll show me, you know, they've been birds, they've been cats, they've been monkeys. And it's really to have this full earthly experience because each species can access earth energy in a different way. They engage with humanity in a different way. And it really leaves me with this feeling of, you know, understanding what it means to exist on earth. Um, The animals that are the most domesticated and that live closest to us, um, a lot of them will choose different domesticated bodies to help understand um, the human condition. And a lot of for the animals that are master healers are really here gaining experiences, you know, on earth, um, not only to help the evolution of humanity, but to, you know, bring, um, you know, healing to the earth and more harmony to the planet in general. But also animals will choose um, a certain body that may have physical limitations. They may choose certain experiences in their life that we may deem as really traumatic and really abusive. And I'd say animals have this beautiful ability in that they never see themselves as victims. You know, to me, it's like that seems like such a human construct now. And some of these animals I've worked with, you know, they've endured a fair amount of trauma in their life. but when we really take things up to the highest level and communicate from a soul point of view, the message always seems to be one of, you know, much like us, their souls are really seeking um, different scenarios to have, you know, to gain wisdom and to have a different perspective and to have this very full soul experience. So um, for me, the message is obviously it's not okay to mistreat them, but, um, to not hold them as victims, to really see them as these complete whole beings that are also having an experience and to really show us ways in which we can do better as humans. And to me, I saw this, I went to Thailand in 2015 and spent, um, a bunch of time with the elephants up in Northern Thailand. And when you see 
A, all the work that people are doing there to make things better for elephants, but you see some of the things that they have to endure. And it's actually a very complicated social structure just with the economics of the company or the, of the country and how much elephants have to eat to survive. And you've got people living out in very rural areas, basically living in poverty and competing, you know, for farmland with the elephants. It just creates a unique environment. Um, but even these animals, the elephants that have endured um, pretty significant hefty abuse at the hands of humans, you know, they still have this deep vibration of love from their being. And it was really this message of like, don't judge a book by its cover. Like they were actually like all is well, like we chose to take on these bodies and these scenarios to really show humanity where they can do better. So we really do have to see, you know, the transgressions and what's not okay. But the whole point is um, yes, to make things better for the elephants, but it's really to help humanity evolve in their consciousness and to really grow. It's really interesting because yeah. I think, you know, all of us who deeply connect with animals have have tried to reconcile that as well, you know, mm-hmm. how how people could could treat animals in, in such a way. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's interesting to hear it from their perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and speaking of like the earthly experience in general, we had an interesting conversation during during the reading about the creation of earth mm-hmm. that i think um although you know came through for me i felt like probably a lot of people who um will listen to this episode will also connect with and feel um probably like they had a, a piece or a part in it as well and so mm-hmm. i was hoping that you could share a little bit of that message about um kind of how the earth came to be and how how we came to be here. This was a really interesting portion of our reading that I thought you might want to hear, as I believe that many of us probably resonate with this idea of assisting in the birthing of planet Earth. Um, I do see an original um, soul origination in the Andromedan galaxy, which we could say is a galaxy completely separate from the one that we are currently in. And often those from the Andromedan galaxies um, have a deep, uh, deep anchors into the angel, into the angelic realms. Um, these are very spiritual, very ancient, very wise souls. And we could say um, on a soul level, um, God, this is so beautiful. I see you, you actually worked on behalf and helped create this planet Earth that we are on. Um, so we could say that your soul is so ancient that um, you have seen the birth of the current galaxy that um, you are, that you find yourself in this space and time and Inhabiting. And you worked, you were um, part of the creator beings who helped design and create um, the, uh, I don't know how to say this. It's this idea that there was the essence. So we have the spiritual essence of the earth. And we could say this divine mother um, decided to take physical form into the planet earth that we now know of today. And Amy, you were on, we could call it a council, but you were part of the creator beings who helped the great mother um, step into physical form. So we could say, Amy, you at your essence are a creator. Um, And we can look at all, um, we can look at this uh, from a completely spherical, multi-dimensional way that we could say your soul um, is one of creation. We can look at all that you have created and implemented here on planet earth. We could say that it is so innate to you that it is like breathing. 
um, you working with the earth is like breathing. And we would say naturally, of course, you would be here as a mouthpiece for Mother Earth because you um, on a soul level helped design um, the beauty and the majesty and you helped bring her vision to life. That is the important part that you, Amy, on a soul level were part um, of a group of beings who helped bring the vision that the great mother had for her physical form to life. Um, I see you uh, very much working with trees. Um, and I would say, and this is more like on a soul level, I see um, trees like they were, uh, you were very involved in helping, again, the spirit of trees um, come into physical form. So um, does that make sense to you? I hope as I'm transmitting this, as I'm it's, I've just, I've never seen this in a being before. Um, and I've never seen this information relayed this way, but it's what's important is to hold or remember this idea that the spirit of mother earth was an entity and she decided to take form. And you were part of, um, the group of, uh, it's beyond galactic beings. We could say, um, at, uh, when mother father got split and started to, um, create physical form, you were one of the early beings that were created and you have helped um, actually not just uh, planet Earth, but other, um, we could say, uh, planet-like structures. You've helped them realize um, at their essence uh, the physical form that was needed. Yeah. So, I mean, that was such an interesting experience to me because I feel like your session, like it gave me like this huge piece of the puzzle that I've never seen before. So, I mean, thank you to you and your kitty cat, <laughs> you know, for like filling in those gaps. Um, but a lot of with these cosmic origins readings, what I'll see is I start to see a being, you know, as they leave the Godhead or whatever that universal source is, you know, and then I start to see like this journey of like, if we were to view it as like rungs on a ladder, it's like, well, from that origination point, what happened there? Like, what were you then? And then where do you go? And what I saw for you was, you know, first you were you know, when you split from the Godhead, you were um, part of these high angelics. I believe you were part of the Arcturians and you, we can go back in the recording and look that up. But um, Andromedan, yeah. Yeah, okay. And um, so, yeah, so you came down from the Godhead and you had this like spiritual incarnation where you were a creator being, which I saw you as this creator being and very much like you knew the spirit of mother earth before she had taken physical form as a planet and part of your job as a creator being, and you were really working um, with Gaia to bring her physical desires. So how she wanted to take on a physical form, you were helping bring that into life. And I remember like really seeing you help her create trees Um you know, it's like she had like this soul expression or the soul wish to, you know, have like I saw rivers and mountains and trees and you helped her bring that to life. So through your vibration, you helped you were one of the beings that helped create planet Earth through this vision, the soul vision that guy had for her physical incarnation. So um, incredibly beautiful. Um, to me, it really kind of points to you know, the shamanic idea of we're all dreaming our reality into being. And so for me, it was like this beautiful parallel of, you know, from a soul's expression, like we're all having these physical incarnations, like we all are dreaming these experiences um, so that we can have like this full sort of very vibrant, juicy, you know, experience, not just in our physical bodies, but in our soul. But um 
But yeah, that was, it was just a very new experience for me. Like, I think even I haven't thought of what was Gaia before she was a planet. Like, I've never really thought about it from, you know, that elevated point of view that, you know, that divine goddess mother energy was something before she was a planet. Um, so anyway, it was just this beautiful thing of like seeing you as this creator being that was helping her um, be birthed into life. Um, and then we had talked a little bit, I mean, obviously with the work that you're doing now, it's just like, it makes absolute perfect sense that, uh, with everything that you've created here to honor her and to support her. Yeah, it was so interesting because it, it occurred to me after we, you know, hung up that, uh, I've had this sense and this feeling while I've been doing this work and sharing and creating the Earth Tenders Academy and all of these things that, like there's a group of, there's a soul group of us and we should reconnect, right? <laughs> like, right. but I, I didn't, I didn't have a word or a name or a connection for that soul group. It just felt like there's a group of us that need to find a way to work together again. And, you know, I'm creating a way for us to find each other. That was really how I um, saw what, you know, what I've been creating here. And so to me, I felt like, oh, this, that was the missing link, right? Like it was all of us who participated in some way um, with, you know, bringing the earth into whatever it, uh, its incarnation is. Yeah, into the physical form. And and here we are now saying, how can we help? What can we do? We feel (laughs) connected. And I'm sure there's animals that are, that are included in that as well, that we're yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like the animals really show me too. It's like, you know, whether it's being an Arcturus or the Pleiades or, you know, from Andromeda or, you know, you were from the Andromeda galaxy. I do remember that. Um, or Orion, like all of these different galactic societies, you know, have had physical beings. Um, and if we really want to think of it in an expanded sense, you know, if time is not linear, I mean, they're us and we're them. I think that's been like one of the big transmissions for me too. It's like, I remember as a child, like I was very afraid of this idea of there being like other beings. And I think a lot of that comes through movies and there's just a lot of fear around um, extraterrestrials. But um, through this work too, it's like, they've shown me, they're like, well, we're just you actually in a higher vibration. So in a sense, we could also say like these cosmic connections, I mean, we're just reconnecting, you know, with these other societies that are just all that we are now. I mean, they're just a very, they're just us on a different vibratory plane or a different interdimensional plane, um, which for me, gives me a lot of peace. And then I see the animals, like they have these experiences too, and they're just helping us remember and helping anchor, you know, this cosmic energy on the planet. I really feel like they are these little portals of information. Um, and we really undervalue, I think, as a whole, like what animals really are. Um, I've really come to think I'm like, when I say this kind of jokingly, because I really do feel like equality, you know, with my animals, but, um, but they are the masters. I mean, they're truly like, and I'm like, we're the ones who are more limited in our sight and our awareness and our remembering. So it's always yeah. a deep <laughs> to connect with I- them. I had a funny experience uh, not too long ago with um, with my cat that so there had been some news story or something that was like 
researchers have determined to do what cats think of their humans that they live with, right? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know how they determined this. So like, yeah. like, somehow. And and their assessment was that um, cats just think that the humans they live with are just really big cats, that we're all a bunch of cats living together. And I was like, well, that seems ridiculous. Cats know we're not cats, right? <laughs> But we yes. were so, but we were joking about it in our house and we kept making a joke for a week or two. You know, we were just, we joke here and now about like, well, your cats are going off to work now, you know, we'll be back <laughs> later or whatever. So we were joking with the cat about this. And after a week or so, um, she came into my dreams and we were you know, sitting at a table and she was, you know, very serious, kind of leaning across the table at me um, and says, she just looks right at me and says, you know, I don't think you're a cat, right? <laughs> I know, I know. I was making a joke. <laughs> You're like, we can't, we can't. <laughs> clearly, she did not like the joke. <laughs> she wanted to make sure that I didn't actually think that that was true. So I thought it was funny that, you know, she made the effort to come into my dreams and inform me that, in fact, <laughs> yeah. I do not think I'm a cat. <laughs> Yeah, I always, I'm so curious, you know, and I guess it's like a question to your audience too, because I will see like these science articles where they're like research study on animal emotions and we've now found animals have emotions. And I'm like, well, really? Like, of course they do. (laughs) You know, they're capable of deep sentience and complex thought and deep emotional expression. So I don't know. Sometimes I just laugh. It's like, some humans can really have blinders on, you know, to the majesty that's like all around them, but. Right, right. So they, they spent a lot of time and money to do something that a lot of us thought was quite obvious. Right, right. <laughs> well, um, you know, so many humans struggle with the density of the earth, the mm-hmm. duality of the earth, and and we talked about this in, in our reading a little bit as well, you know, and feeling like maybe they don't belong here. This isn't their home, that they have some kind of memory of another place that was better or that they should be other than, than here on Earth. Do you ever get the impression that uh, that the animals have some kind of yearning or feel or, you know, remembrance in this way for somewhere else or that they struggle with the density in the same way that that we do? Or do they have a better uh grasp on what it is they're doing here here's what came through in the reading about that but yeah i'm asking her about the crash like why the crash um she actually shows me you going home like back to this um andromeda galaxy and i see this image of the two of you like reveling um, the word revel is really uh, imperative here, but really reveling um, in what it felt like to truly for your soul to come home. Um, and she said, you know, when you spend time in these high spiritual planes, um, in these higher dimensional realities, she was like, of course, always coming back to earth feels like a crash landing. So part of the message here to you, Amy, is do not forget um, the or the origination of your soul. Do not forget your cosmic roots and do not forget how anchored in peace you truly are. Um, so she would say the crash landing was a bit of a metaphor. Um, she, you know, it is a bit of a metaphor for, um, you know, the difference between, you know, being in these higher dimensional realms, um, you know, feeling the sense of unity, the sense of oneness, and then coming back into a duality consciousness on earth. 
even though, um, Amy, it looks like you really have the ability to um, dance and exist in a fifth dimensional reality here on Earth. It looks like you've absolutely um, anchored fifth, uh, 5D where you live and you are rapidly transforming uh, Montana. Montana um, as a state and as a region on the planet, um, it holds such deep, deep beauty. And yet we could say there are still pockets um, of old humanity existing in Montana. So we could say that, you know, you creating fifth dimensional reality on your um, little plot of land. Um, and we are no way demeaning and saying little, but we could say, you know, in comparison, um, your little slice of heaven that you have created, it literally is a piece of heaven on earth. Um, so, you know, you rapidly, um, and we could say are changing um, the energetic flow of the grid of Mother Earth and are um, alighting the hearts and opening the minds of all who inhabit the area. So we could say this is deep, deep work. It's deep, important work. And, you know, getting out of this earthly plane, exploring um, these intergalactic realms and looking for other beautiful energies to anchor on the planet is what the two of you do at night. And we could say you just got, it sh she shows me this image of like, you guys just got really, really far from home. So you guys were like on a little bit of a time crunch, but there was also this crash landing of like being in these really high dimensional energies feels really good and coming back into your physical body always feels a little bit like a crash landing. Um, yeah. And so she's also saying, you know, holding that image of her, her like driving a bus crashing back into your body though, it also keeps you um, anchored. So it keeps the physical aspect of you remembering. It's a way of forming a little bit of a question that keeps you anchored. Um, on a very unconscious way of the work that you're actually doing um, at night and the beauty and the grace that exists um, everywhere. So does that make sense? Yeah, so I mean, a couple of things that I think are really helpful to know. Um, so all species, I would say a wide variety of species of animals have shown me that um, they actually remember every physical incarnation that they've had. And they have a connection to it. And they really keep pointing to, they're like, at some point, you as humans will evolve to a point where you will be able to do this. And they actually see it, um, dysfunction isn't the right word, but they see it as really like a limiting factor in humanity that we don't innately have this ability to connect to and remember every physical incarnation that we've had. So I would say like on the beautiful part is... I feel like they naturally have this ability to see like a complete picture. So yes, they experience a duality, but I would say the vast majority of animals. So some animals do carry great trauma and great wounding like people do, and they can become disconnected from that. But the overwhelming majority of animals can stay connected, not only to the soul. So I feel like they have a very clear conduit to them, to their higher selves, but also to every physical incarnation they have. And they, really get the sense that they source a lot of stability from that. But they really do feel earth reality, um, especially the cats and the horses. I feel like dogs are just really, they come in, I think, to so deeply partner with humanity that they can handle it better than we, um, some other species can. But yeah, the horses and the cats feel the duality consciousness and the density of this planet pretty profoundly. Um, which is why it's so important um, for these species to have what they need to stay really healthy and happy. So what that would look like, you know, for a cat would, I would say for any animals to have a very species appropriate environment. So to have 
you know, access to eating in a way that's normal for their species, to eat the types of foods that they're designed to eat, um, and to have as much mobility in their terrain as their species needs. So this becomes really important with horses and um, how we feed them, the amount of movement that they get. Um, when we look at how some modern horses are kept in these tiny stalls and, you know, they go out and they're ridden for 45 minutes a day and turnout is tiny, um, that not only physically affects their being, but it really does disconnect them um, on an energetic and a soul level as well. So, um, so yes, I mean, they do experience earth reality and they are here to assist us with that and they can get stuck or can have some limitations around that as well. But they do really on a higher soul level understand, I think better than humans do, um, the complete picture of their life and where we're going and their purpose. It seems like they've come very innately, very energetically connected to why they're here and what they're here to help us do. Yeah, I realized as you were talking, I thought, you know, it's really, you know, the opposite way around. Like we we think that they're staying with us so that we can care for them. And really they're like, oh, these humans, yeah, no, <laughs> they I need mean, a lot of looking after. Especially the captain, yeah, it's like a lot of heavy lifting. <laughs> um, yeah, and I always feel like too, you know, how many of you guys have had this experience of like an animal just showing up in your life? Like maybe you weren't really looking um, I was just having this conversation with my neighbor, like a cat just showing up on our property and she's like not a cat person and has fallen completely in love, you know, um, with this cat. So they definitely know the right time. And I feel like the vast majority of them have a season for being in our life. Um, often they'll come to support us through periods of our life where we may need, whether it's energetic stability or just emotional support. Um, so there's always like a reason and a season for their, for for them coming in. Um, I would say in the last 18 to 24 months, um, there have been a lot of animals leaving their body and leaving the planet. And I do a lot of work with animals that have passed on or as they are preparing to leave their body. And, you know, they really talk about like right now, like there's just a lot of energy shifting on the planet. And a lot of these animals, um, are leaving their bodies very suddenly, but it's because they're here to pick up their spiritual work. So not only do they have roles when they come into a physical body, but a lot of them, they're like, you know, there comes a point to where it's like, it's actually time for me to go, whether it makes sense. You know, sometimes it's very young animals with very short lives, but um, they come to, we could say like anchor some energy on the planet and to assist and upgrade their humans. And when it's time for them to go, they really talk about having roles in the spiritual realm and often they can provide greater support free of a physical body. And they're still around us and still informing our lives, acting as spirit guides. Um, so they really do have, I mean, I think like any being, like there's this dual purpose. It's like the physical work, you know, of this physical human experience. And then there's the soul work that can extend beyond the physical incarnation. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because obviously we think about for in in most cases, you know, we just we don't get enough time with our animals, right? They're they're just mm -hmm. their lives are um usually much shorter than than ours. And so we have to, you know, go through that experience of not of no longer having them in the physical. And so especially when we have these animals that we work with so deeply and on a soul level and on a, you know, cosmic level, things that we're doing together in our dreams and all of these different things. I mean, does does that, that continues then you continue working with them 
um, in spirit after they've mm-hmm. left? Yeah, so I had this experience and it was such a beautiful learning opportunity for me, but I lost a horse of mine last year. And, you know, she came into my life nine years ago, um, accidentally. I mean, I was really not in the position to have another horse, but she showed up and I heard the call and I said yes. And she was never a riding horse. I mean, she had had some pretty significant physical trauma, but um, she held this really deep, beautiful mother role for me and in my life. And it became very clear. Um, and it was like, literally one morning, it's like, I went out to feed everybody and she was like, I'm ready to go. And it needs to happen like as soon as possible. And, you know, it wasn't like in a week or two, it's like today or tomorrow at the latest. So, you know, we made the arrangements. I was able to bury her on our property, but I had this incredible experience and she's really shared since she left her physical body. Um, she's really anchored into the grid of the earth on her property. She had this, or has this very mothering, um, beautiful healing energy. And part of us having this property is wanting to do workshops here where people can come and have these experiences with the horses and heal. And she really said like it was time, like she needed to be woven into the fabric of the earth and into the grid of the earth mother. And, um, you know, she's like, I can help more people and I can do greater work vibrating through the earth's energy and merging with the mother in that way, um, which still makes me really emotional. But um but I feel her here so intimately and I still cry. Like I still miss her physical being. Um, Cause in some ways she's one of the purest mother forms that I've had like in my life and this true experience of really unconditional love. Um, and so it's hard for me sometimes on a human level because I still miss the physical body and I still feel her very much energetically here, but also having to honor that her soul had this expression and this wish. And when it was time for her to go, it was time for her to go. Um, so it can be very gut-wrenching, but um, but animals are constantly like, the best way I can describe it is they're woven into the fabric of our soul and they're with us always. I mean, even when they're no longer physically with us, they are still energetically around us all the time. Yeah, and I think most of us have have felt and had that experience of after we've lost our animals and, and I I feel your emotion as you're, yeah. <laughs> as you're sharing this. It's just what, but what a beautiful gift um, that that she's given you and the land there, and mm. and all of those who who come experience workshops and things on on your property going mm-hmm. forward. So what a what a yeah. beautiful soul to share that with you. Yeah. <laughs> and I assume that you know I, if in the case of um, doing these kinds of readings, you know, if there's somebody who says. I feel like I have a connection with the animal that's no longer here like that. Mm-hmm. You could still connect with that energy and yeah, and do well, a reading with them. Absolutely. And sometimes um, some of my favorite readings are with animals that have passed on. And I mean, obviously um, being very respectful of the sadness and the grief of the humans, but um, it's just deep, beautiful soul wisdom that comes forward. And I've never not had it be deeply healing for the humans as well. And yeah, it's really, to me, it's beautiful. And it's so confirming in so many ways to see how the animals are assisting and supporting their humans just in a completely different way. 
um, and how open most animals are to coming back. You know, if we ask, it's not always immediate, you know, they often, they kind of laugh and they're like, well, we have work to do over here, but you know, when the time is right, if you want us back, like they're happy to come back into another physical form. So all is not lost for sure. That's amazing. I'm going to tell my husband that because we had a dog that <laughs> he would want back in a second. If yeah. <laughs> I would too. He was lovely, but <laughs> my husband was very connected to him. Oh, so sweet. Oh, yes. Yes. Very much so. Um, well, one other question that I have just kind of talking about some of these, you know, bigger picture um, earth things, you know, how, how do you feel like animals are really assisting in creating you know, new realities on the earth and creating where it is we're all headed here on the earth plane? So I'm just like smiling um, because, you know, you are a portal, you know, my introduction to you was through like portal videos is how, you know, um, I got connected to you. So um, there's a couple of really interesting ways. So I would say I see cats as just a completely interdimensional higher species. Like if there ever were like true ETs on the planet, like they are in cat bodies. So cats really do a lot of work with portals. Um, and I did a journey on our property because I feel like in some of our trees, I'm like, I know there's like an energy portal here and, you know, I'm very connected to the animal kingdom, but a lot of my portal keepers, portal keepers will show up as cats. Like, um, you know, sometimes they're jaguars or a puma or a mountain lion, you know, they're very, um, big, big cats, but, you know, even my own cats, like, you know, if we're trying to create or build something here, um, they literally have shown me that like, they opened like portals on our property and it's how they interdimensionally go and get whatever they need to help create whatever it is that we want to create here. So I would say to anyone, never undervalue the power of a cat. And if you don't like cats, <laughs> you know, that's usually a sign of, um, you know, not being open to receiving divine cosmic love. So sometimes there's a block there, but um, horses are also, and I think this might be interesting to you, Amy, they are grid workers. So as they, <clears throat> excuse me, as horses move over the earth, that energy transmission from the hooves, they've shown me it really helps stabilize play lines and all of the energetic grids in the earth's planet. So they can really shift, you know, how energy gets transmitted through the land. Um, I have to imagine, and it's something for me to look into, um, I haven't done a lot of work with cattle, but when we think of all these big species that are meant to roam through the plains, um, and there is something about a hoof structure on the earth that is actually um, very harmonic to um, the energy of the earth and how, you know, us humans experience that. So if we think of like the energy in a very urban area where you don't typically have these big land dwelling animals just roaming free, if we think of like what that feels like versus you know, one of my favorite places is the Paradise Valley in Montana, you know, what it's like to be there where everything is open and expanse and you have bison. Um, so a lot of these animals are stabilizing the earth energy. Um, I think, you know, they really help too. they radiate energy and they really can transduce it or step it down in a way that we can receive. Um, and yeah, I mean, like when we look at dogs, they're opening our hearts so that we can receive all of this. And then we've got these cats and these big animals who are stabilizing the earth and 
really transmitting that energy in a way that we can receive. And I think cats are just helping us create. Um, and they've even shown me like bringing in like celestial um, like technology and helping us remember, you know, some of these advanced civilizations that we've existed in and how to bring that into earth in a really healthy and beautiful way. That's so cool. And I, I was just thinking or imagining, you know, the bit large animals and their the hooves of the earth, and you realize it's really like a drum beat, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you think about the frequency, that that would be really a similar kind of feeling or or sound. And so what, you know, what a cool way to think about, you know, how they're interacting and how that even that sound and that frequency would would hit us and hit our energy field and and make us feel when you know the plains were wide open and animals were running in large herds absolutely i mean we just have three horses on our property but two of them are very very big and when the three of them get going i mean like our neighbors can hear it and they're like half a mile away like we can feel it up in the house i mean it's like the ground literally shakes and it is like that really primal drumbeat of well, of course, it makes sense. Humans would feel that and experience that and want to recreate it in a way that, you know, they could harness and control and like replicate. So Yeah, yeah, very cool. And the other thing that jumped into my head while you were talking about kind of the cats, the, the portal connection, I realized that I have, I don't know if it's a recurring dream, because it's always a different dream. But I always know that there's something unusual happening when there's a big cat in it. And oftentimes, you know, so it'll, and it's only like a couple times a year, maybe, but it'll be like a mountain, usually it's a mountain lion, but sometimes, you know, some other kind of big cat. And it feels like this, like some kind of, you know, transformation is coming or something like that. But mm-hmm. I making that connection to them being portal keepers and really, you know, working with portals as much as I do, I just wonder if there's some other connection really that they're showing me um when they're when they're coming through the the portal of my dreams (laughs) yeah so I do I mean I am truly like a cat lady um I mean I I obviously yeah (laughs) so I use them a lot in journeying and for me like when the jaguar shows up it's always deep emotional transformation that's happening and really um like letting go of ancestral stuff like really working through deep soul contracts and really to me, that's always transformation, like really at a deep, deep core level, which as you know, like that doesn't always feel good, but it's also like, it's the thing that needs to happen. And, you know, when we think of cats, like, especially like these big cats existing in the wild, um, they really are at the top of the food chain. I mean, they really are above humanity Um, and their ability to be stealth and quiet and very precise about what needs to happen, I think is so beautiful. When I think about that in a healing context, it's like, well, of course, if I'm dealing with heavy stuff, I want this to be elegant, very clear and concise. Like I don't want it to be messy and right. you know, spill all over the place. So right. Beautiful <laughs> allies to call in. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, I could talk animals with you all day, obviously. (laughs) As we wrap up, I'm sure there are people listening that are like, I need a cosmic reading with my animal immediately. So um, how can people connect with you? How can they book a reading? Where can they find you on the internet? (laughs) Yeah, so my website is just tracyrainwaters.com. I do have a couple offerings. I mean, I still do shamanic healings for people or their animals. Um, And then, yeah, I do channeled sessions. 
you know, for people and their animals as well. So if you want a cosmic origins reading or just a soul channeling for you or your animal, um, those are all available through my website. And then I'm on Instagram just as dr.rainwaters and a, a link to all of my website stuff is through Instagram as well. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing all of the magic of the animals with us. And um, yeah, I will put all the information down in the show notes as to how people can get in contact with you. So thanks again. Thank you so much. Sending my deepest gratitude to Tracy for this expansive discussion. And I hope it's inspired you to think about your animal friends in a new way. If you've enjoyed this episode and think these ideas are worth spreading, I hope you'll share it with others. In the meantime, thanks for listening. And thanks for being here on the earth at this moment in time. I'll see you back here next week. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to the Earth Keepers podcast. I'm so honored to share this journey with you. I would love it if you join me and other Earth Keepers from around the world in the Following Hawks Earth Keepers community on Facebook. To find the show notes, additional resources, or learn more about working with me, go to earthkeeperspodcast.com. Until next time, I'll see you in the multiverse.